Hey everyone, this has been a great series so far, and if you haven't had an opportunity to take in all the other messages in the series, I would encourage you to go on our, to our YouTube channel and see all the ones that are part of the new series. Today, we're talking about a new practice that we've been given. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8 and specifically verses 1 and 2. Now, if you don't know where the Gospel of Luke is, in the beginning of your Bible, there is a table of contents. People worked really hard to put it there. Don't be ashamed to use it. Luke chapter, um, sorry, Luke chapter 9, not 8. What am I thinking? All right, Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Here's what it says. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure all diseases. And he sent them out, listen, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. This is a pretty cool passage. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for our time together. And I pray, Jesus, that as we're looking into your word and as we're considering what it means for us to be new, and specifically, Lord, this, this time that we have together, this new practice that we have, I ask, Lord, that we would have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that are open to whatever it is you have for us today so that we might be changed to become more like you. In your name I pray. Amen. So, I love God's creation. L let me tell you a story um, or, or some observations I have of one of God's creation. It is, uh, it is amazing to me, this particular creation, because this creation congregates together, um, and usually in fairly large numbers. And, uh, and specifically, they, they're, they're pretty white. And, uh, and when they congregate together, they are loud and, and, and very vocal with each other. And typically, uh, what they do together is they eat and they drink. This is what they do together. And interestingly enough, one of the other observations I have about them is that they have a tendency to uh, kind of attack their weak and their wounded and put them out and keep them outside of the larger group. This is a, it's a really interesting group. These are observations I made when I was working for a poultry farmer and I was working in a chicken barn. Now, I know for some of you, you're, you're thinking, wow, that sounds an awful like, like the church. And to be honest with you, I think that is actually a lot of people's experiences with the church, right? They, they grow up in the church, and what do they see? Well, people congregate together. In our North American climate, specifically here in our region, uh, happens to be very white. And there's a lot of eating together. There's a lot of drinking together. And, 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 and admittedly, we're not good with our weak and our wounded. So strangely enough, we act a lot like chickens. We're not chickens. We're something different. We're something other. And, and, I, and I truly believe that this is not how it was meant to be. That the truth is, is that nobody enjoys church this way. Nobody. Not the believer, not the, certainly not the unbeliever. We were saved with something different in mind. We were not saved to just kind of come together and eat together and drink together and, and shoot our wounded kind of idea. We were saved, first and foremost, to be in right relationship with the Father so that we can enjoy eternity with Him. But in addition to that, we are saved with a purpose towards good deeds, good works, good things that come out. They are the fruit of our salvation. Here's what I mean. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Here's what it says. And I love this, right? It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, listen, to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. That's what we are. 
So yeah, we congregate together, but as Hebrews 10 tells us that we spur one another on to what? Towards love and good deeds, and all the more as we see the day approaching. So we're supposed to congregate, right? He actually, in that same passage, uh, the author says that we should not give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing, but we're to spur one another on towards love and good deeds, and all the more as we see the day approaching. Okay, so what do we do? Well, we congregate, but the purpose of our congregating is to spur one another on towards love and good deeds, all the more as we see the day of Christ approaching in terms of Him returning and taking people home. And so I think or I know that a better model of how to do church and how to do this Christian walk is literally just, let's do what Jesus did. Let's follow his example, his model. And I promise you, guys, this is amazing. I promise you that as we follow the example of Christ and live out life the way he did, man, it's just not dull. It's exciting. And and, and instead of uh, just clucking at each other like chickens, (laughs) We have authentic community where we build each other up and we help our wounded and our weak and we help them no longer be wounded or weak. It's a much different way to be. Uh, Jesus, I believe, if you want to talk about how he lived this thing out and, and his model of evangelism, you could say, was combining the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. And now I know that we, we have a tendency to sometimes put that together. Um, but I'm not sure we put it together as strongly as we actually see it in the scripture. Here's what I mean. So the passage we just read, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and cure diseases. And then he says, and he sent them out to do what? To proclaim the kingdom of God. So that is the great commission. We proclaim the kingdom of God, the good news of Jesus. That's what we proclaim. And the proclamation is important because proclamation is something that comes out of our mouths. People need to hear it in order to be able to receive it. But then on top of that, he says, so not only do you proclaim the kingdom of God, he says also, and to heal the sick. And this idea of healing the sick is this good works thing. So I'm going to love God and I'm going to love others. The love of others is the good deeds that we do in people's lives and, and the affection that we have for others. And so what we see here is gospel proclamation and the love of others coming together is probably the best evangelistic method that you could ever think of, ever. And any time churches do that, they're respected. They have a voice in their regions uh, and people come to faith. I want to lay out for you just a simple theme in our text that combines good deeds and, and the good news of the scripture of Jesus uh, Jesus' model of connecting people to God. And, and, I, and I know that this is something that happened because we see it and it's spoken of. Like uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 36 and 38. Um, and and this, is, this is an amazing uh, passage of Scripture. But it says, You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace throughout, through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Now, this is important. And the reason it's important is because you have Peter talking to Cornelius. Now, Peter is a Jewish man, and shortly before having this conversation with Peter, uh, sorry, with Cornelius, Peter has this dream, and he's supposed to go to the Gentiles, but he felt like the Gentiles were unclean, and he shouldn't be going there because Jews don't connect with Gentiles. And he has this dream, and this is, it's interesting because it's like a blanket comes down, and on this blanket is all this different food, and, and the food is food that's considered unclean. And, and so Peter says, I'm not going to eat this because it's unclean. And God says to him, who are you to say this is unclean when I say it's clean? And he wakes up, and he gets this call to go to Cornelius. Who are you to say it's unclean when I say it's clean? 
So Peter goes to Cornelius and he has this conversation. And he says to him, um, he says to him, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And listen, listen to this. This is awesome. This just connects it all. How he went around doing good and healing those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So here's what we have in this passage. Okay? We've got good news and we've got good deeds, and that makes good sense. Good news, good deeds makes good sense. He says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel. What's that message? It is the gospel. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. Because he even says it. Uh, the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. What kind of peace? Peace with God through Jesus. And then later on, how he went around doing good and healing those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus' ministry connected good deeds and good news, and he sent the disciples out to do the same. Good deeds, good news, make good sense. In Luke 9, verse 2, he modeled it, right? He modeled what he wanted his disciples to do. He says, listen, you've got to preach the kingdom, and you've got to heal the sick. But why? Like, why would he connect these things? Like, what is the importance of these things? And as we talk about new practice, we're talking about the deeds part. And in, the, in churches, we talk a, a lot about the good news and preaching the gospel, and I think that's important. And, and, um, and, and quite frankly, gospel proclamation is paramount within the Christian faith. I mean, you, it is inconceivable to be called a follower of the way, the, the people of God, the people of the way, the Christians, without being people who engage in pro gospel proclamation. That was foreign to the church. So gospel proclamation is up there, and it's massive, and it's immense, and it's part of what we do. But good deeds are also part of what we do. So what do they do? Why, why was Jesus connecting these things? Oh, I believe that good deeds benefit others. Look, look, look let's be clear. Uh, good deeds are not just rapping for the gospel. Now, let's also understand this. Good deeds are not the gospel. The gospel is something that we proclaim. That is the good news of Jesus Christ as gospel proclamation. And so good deeds are not the gospel. But they're also not just this nice little wrapping for the gospel. Now, good deeds are something that we are commanded to do. It's, it's an expectation of God, right? Like we were saved, like we were uh, God's workmanship, and we have this good work, these good works for us to do that He planned from the beginning. And, and so then acts of love and compassion and kindness and justice to help people in a broken world is something that's required of us. Micah 6.8 says it this way. And this is where, where people, uh, the people of God, the Jewish people at this time, are asking, what is it that you want from us? And here he says, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so giving a cup of cool water uh, or food to the hungry and, and, and clothing to the shivering is something that the Lord actually wants us to do regardless of whether or not that person comes to faith or ever attends church. That is part of who we are. This is what we do. It's an identifiable thing about us. And so we love and we serve because we are followers of Jesus. 1 John 3, 17 and 18 say this, If anyone has material possessions, 
and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not just love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And so it's this, again, this inconceivable notion that as a believer, especially to another believer, right? So as a believer, if I see another believer in need and I ignore that, especially if I have the means to help it, it actually tells us, like it asks, how can the love of God be in you? Like, how can you not be motivated by the love of God towards this person to act, to move? This is who we are. This is who we are. So we're helping people who are disconnected from God to be connected with God's people and with God himself. That's often a part of what good deeds do. And that's important for us, right? Like they, they, the good deeds, they benefit others and, and that's part of our calling in life. But not only do good deeds benefit others, but I believe that they also glorify God. Matthew 5.16 tells us, Let your light shine before men that they may see, what? Your good deeds. And as a result of that, what do we read? And praise your Father in heaven. Right? So shine your light before men. And part of shining your light before men is to do good deeds. And as people see your good deeds, they're going to glorify your Father in heaven. Why? Because we do what we do because of the grace that God has provided in our lives. And so we act to the benefit of others. And then God gets glorified. God gets glorified. I love that. Let me ask you, how do people who don't know the Lord get to see him and meet him? Scripture tells us that we are Christ's ambassadors. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church, and he says, we are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. In other words, like we're kind of like funnels for God. God pours in the message that he has for the world into us, and it comes out of us. And so God is using us to proclaim his message of good news to the world and in, in, in doing so. And even in the things that we do, the good deeds that we do, they glorify the Father in heaven. And, and so as this is taking place, what we find is that there's a strategy that the Lord has. I'm going to pour into you. And as I pour into you, I'm going to produce within you this desire for good and to do good things, do good deeds, help people and, and serve people. And what's going to happen as a result of that is that people are going to see that, especially those who are not of faith. They're going to see that and glorify me. That's his strategy. It's a pretty cool strategy. And I mean, like, what an absolutely amazing privilege that is that we get to be used by God to point people to God. As an ambassador, is a delegate and a spokesperson who represents God, this is what we are. In 1 John 4 12, it says, the Bible says that. Um, that no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So as we love one another, we shine. And as we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And what happens is people are then able to tangibly connect with it. They can see it. I mean, imagine being part of a community of people that genuinely care about each other, that meet each other's needs. When we see somebody low, we lift them up. When we see somebody in need, we take care of them. Uh, that our disposition, our starting place, is that we got each other's backs. I mean, this is part of what made the church so compelling in the beginning. So they weren't a bunch of chickens. It's coming to be fed, coming to drink, 
clucking at each other and hurting their wounded. It's not who they were. And quite frankly, I, I don't believe that's who we are, at least not who we're supposed to be. We are something other, something different, something that shines bright and, and preserves that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And so in this, this good deed emphasis that we have in terms of a new practice, what it means is I don't live for me, I live for the other. It means I don't only seek out my own good, I seek out the good of the other. I'm not selfish even though I may struggle with that. Our starting place is to be there for each other. People are often led to the Lord by the love and the kindness of God's people. I was watching a documentary with Janet recently. It's, uh, I actually forget what it's called, but it's this guy who's going on this journey of kindness. And, and so he starts in Alaska and he's heading down to Argentina and he's only able to get there on the basis of the kindness of people. He's not allowed to accept money. So he goes to people and says, can I sleep at your house tonight? Perfect stranger. Can I eat with you? All those different kinds of things. He's doing this all the way from Alaska to Argentina. And, and it's, it's so awesome because the people he meets along the way, the majority of the people that help him are believers. Guys, I, it was just like, it, it was hard not to tear up watching some of this stuff because the people that are helping him along the way are mostly believers and he's encountering this and he's talking about it and, and, and just praising their faith, giving God the glory for the good things that they have done. Wow. If that's not living up this passage, I don't know what else does. This is who we are. This is what we do. Through God's people, they get a glimpse of who God is, his character, his love, his compassion, his desire to have a personal relationship. And say, I think this is actually one of the primary reasons that we are to call to become more and more like Jesus, right? Like 1 John 2, 6. Those who claim to be in Christ must live as Jesus lived. Yeah, I, I think partly that because it, it, it's to our benefit, but it certainly benefits everybody else around us. So here's the question. Do you believe that, that people are coming to Christ or taking Christ more seriously? are more encouraged and, and excited about the church because of you? Is that the impact you're having on people? I want you to really wrestle with that. Because this is the impact we're called to have on people's lives. And as we pursue Jesus, become more like Him. As we become gospel proclamation, proclaimers, and we do these good deeds, this is the math of the kingdom. This is how we impact our region. This is how we reach people. We proclaim the gospel and we do good works. We do good deeds. And so when we combine the great commandment of loving God and loving others with the great commission of making disciples, reaching out to others with the love of God and connecting them with the love of Jesus, it's going to help those who are far from God come to know life in Christ, which is what we're all about. We do good things. We proclaim the gospel. That's our strategy. That's what we do. That's what Jesus did. Do you? Like, wrestle with that. Because anything short of that? Like, if we're just showing up in church and, and, and being fed, and we're clucking at each other, and we're harsh on our wounded, we're chickens. 
We're not chickens. We're something more, much more. We are the bride of Christ. We are the representation of the love of God on the planet. He chose to use the church to proclaim his message to all nations. That's who we are. That's what we do. We proclaim the gospel and we do good works. The other thing is this, is that good deeds, and kind of picked at this already a little bit, but, but good deeds move people towards Jesus. Let me tell you a story of a, um, a guy by the name of uh, Tom. I'm just going to call him Tom because I can't pronounce his last name. Tom seems like the least likely person to make an impact on his community, uh, let alone, get this, New York City. He was a casualty of the 1960s hippie movement, and so he was heavily involved in drugs. He was in a downward spiral that came to an abrupt end when he met Jesus in 1968. So he hit this rock bottom. He meets Jesus. And soon him and his wife, Vicki, they start a Bible study. And, uh, and so they start this Bible study in their small apartment, and it just started to grow at an amazing rate. And today, there's a church that developed out of that. It's the Manhattan Bible Church, and it's located in two separate buildings in Washington Heights, one of the toughest neighborhoods in all of Manhattan. Tom soon realized that if the church was to be true light in the community, they needed to reach out to the Hispanic community around them. So they were able to target the people that were in greatest needs around them and started to figure out ways to be able to reach them. And what began as a teen center and a safe haven for kids to hang out in quickly turned actually into an effective evangelistic outreach to parents, which then grew into this fully accredited grade school for the neighborhood kids. And seeing the devastation that drugs were having in the community, Tom started this one-year rehab with a discipleship program to bring people to Jesus and alter their controlled lifestyle. And then the homeless shelter came, and the soup kitchen came that feeds hundreds every day. Hundreds have been connected with Christ through this ministry that understands that in order to win a hearing for the gospel, the church must respond to the needs of people in real, tangible, and effective ways that the community social services alone can't provide. What an awesome story. I mean, they, they used their good deeds to glorify the Father. They did the gospel proclamation. People are coming to faith. They're in two different buildings already because of the work that they had done. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 say this way, Let us not become weary in doing good. Why? Well, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's not grow weary in doing good. Let's continue doing these good things. Let's never stop doing good. Why? Because at the right time, at the proper time, at the ordained time, we're going to reap a harvest. Reap a harvest. This is talking about souls being won for the kingdom. And then it says, therefore, so as a result of that, because of that, we have, as we have opportunity, every time we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those in the family of believers. Man, it's just like it's all over the place. We're called into this. We have a new practice. We no longer live for self. We, we live for Him, and in living for Him, we do good to others. People are made by God and in the image of God, and He wants to help 
He wants us to help them get reconnected with him. I'll say it again. People are made by God in the image of, of God, and he wants us to help them get connected to him. That's what we do. You want a purpose in life? There it is. Get people connected to God. Why? Because we're created in his image and we're created for a purpose. And that purpose is to do these good works that he has created and designed from the beginning. That's the purpose. It's to reach people with the gospel. That's why we exist. And here's what good deeds can't do. You know, though good deeds can benefit people and help communities, though good deeds can glorify the Father, and we know that they do, even though good deeds can move people towards Jesus, good deeds are not the gospel. And they cannot lead person to a, to a saving faith in Jesus. Now, they can uh, bridge a road, you, you could say, they, but they are not the saving message that crosses that road to get to people. Good deeds provide numerous connecting points, but they're never a substitute for the good news. So let's, not, let's be sure that we're not getting caught up in just doing good deeds and forgetting about the good news. You got to remember that gospel means good news and that it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, according to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And so the good news is still the thing. Like that is the important thing. And faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. So gospel proclamation is massive within our faith community. Good deeds are good, and they can glorify the Father, but good deeds are not the good news. They're the fruit of those of us who believe the good news. By connecting with those we serve, with the one we serve, we're opening these doors of hearts to share the hope of Christ. And people's hearts are open when they see that we really care about them, we really care about their needs. 1 Peter 3, 13 to 16 say this, May our words be that of, or actually, I'll say it this way, may the words of Peter be something that was reflected in our own lives. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So let's connect people to Jesus. Let's be light to the, gen to the nations. Let's not hide it under a bowl, but let's hold it high that all may see and may benefit, all, bring light to all those who are around us so that Jesus will be able to use us to change other people's lives. So, gospel proclamation is massive, and it's always been part of the Christian faith. Like, this is what we do. But our practice changes. We get a new practice when we move from our old self to our new self, and this new self does good deeds in order that our Father in Heaven is glorified. So, here's what I want you to do. It's really simple. I'm going to close with this. Do something. Do something good this week for someone. And if they ask you why, it's because the Lord loves them and He wants to use you to show them. You know, maybe it's as simple as standing in line with somebody with groceries and maybe you see that they're struggling to pay for their groceries. You step in and you pay for those groceries and you do that. 
And if they ask you why, it's, you know what, I, I just really believe that, that Jesus loves you. And if, my doing this is showing you that he loves you because this is what he calls me to. Maybe it's, it's actually pulling over on a really cold night when you see somebody else is pulled over on the road and they're struggling. Why do you do it? Because Jesus loves you and he wants to use me to show you that love. Whatever it is, do something good for somebody this week. Then let us know. Tell us about it. Join our Facebook group if you have a Facebook and, and, and tell us, hey, how did it impact you? What did it feel like to do good for somebody? It'd be amazing. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for our time together. And I pray, Lord, that you will activate us in a way that maybe we haven't been activated before. Lord, that we will be compelled by your good news to be agents of that good news, that we will proclaim the gospel, but that it will be followed up with our activity, that our lifestyle changes to be people who do good deeds so that you are glorified in heaven. Help us to be bold. Help us to be courageous. In your name I pray. Amen.